Hey everybody, this is Weston from the band and the legend, Weston Horn and the Hush. Yeah, and this is Jesse from The Color, not a legend, yes, and welcome <laughs> to the Chasing Famous Podcast. This is a podcast about two guys in middle America quitting it all to follow our dreams and become full-time musicians. That's right, that's right, that's right, and in the process of us doing it, we're going to help you do it. So no matter where you are in your own musical journey of life, uh, we're going to give you some advice on maybe how to get to that next step, how to get even more famous than you already are. That's right. And at the beginning of this podcast, we heard from a very special musical guest. Yeah, yeah, that was a, a friend of mine who I uh, am, am, I say friend, I've only hung out with her a handful of times, but her name is Erin O'Dowd, and she's got some, some killer music, and uh, I have gone to see her play several times, so I've been a fan for a while, but I've only been a friend for a few, a few little bits. And and if she were to hear this, she might say, "I don't know who Weston Horn is." And it's <laughs> weird that we're saying that he's friends. Uh, but no, she's uh, she's. I'm really excited to see where her musical career is. She's uh, sort of she's going to Nashville or she's in Nashville, uh, but she she kind of is is on the road a lot. So she comes back through Oklahoma on a regular basis, and uh, and when she's in town, I try to catch her. She's got uh, a lot going for. Her. I'm excited to see where her career goes. So yeah, cool. All right, folks. This is uh, this is the this is the news. You ready for the news, folks? Here's the news. Uh, just like at my shows, this is the most favorite part of most of my audience, and that is the fact that this is our last episode. <laughs> uh, it's uh it's it's been a great season. I'm excited about it, but this is going to be our last episode of season one, and I'm I'm really excited. And we thought we'd kind of go out uh, with a with a bang. So we've got President Obama on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I want to. I want to predate it. I want it to be like hey, we have President Eisenhower on this. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of President Eisenhower. <laughs> yeah, but this is the last episode of season one. We've had a pretty good season so far. Uh, yeah, had a lot of really interesting topics, and we talked a lot, a lot of interesting things. Um, and we're going to be taking some time during the summer to kind of build up some more stuff and also work on our musical projects, and then we're going to be back in the fall. Yep, that's the plan. But today for our very last episode, we decided that we wanted to go over something a little bit interesting. We kind of started the season talking about um, how chasing your dreams is something that is okay, that if you want to be passionate about something, pursuing that is something that we encourage. Chasing Famous is a podcast all about encouraging people to kind of pursue their passions and specifically in this case, uh, musicians. And we want to encourage musicians to work on music, to embrace their music. We want to enhance the music community. Um, we want to just encourage all those people out there who find music a struggle because it is. It's a tough industry to be in. It's a tough place to be at as an individual. Often you're balancing work and music. Um, you know, it's very difficult to quote unquote make it. Uh, and it's difficult to just even be a, a local musician sometimes, hauling around gear for crowds that aren't there. Um, but we do it because we love it. We love music. And we thought that this episode today would be a good closer for that ideology. Yeah. I, um, whenever, whenever, Jesse approached me about this podcast. However long ago it's been, seems like years. Uh, but but uh, you know, the idea and the reason that I latched onto it so quickly was because of the fact that I have been preaching my whole life about going after what you love, and I think that so many people 
sort of fall victim to the fact that they can't that they that that's not reasonable it's not uh an actual path that you can take and that you need to grow up and give up the dream and all that sort of thing and uh and at some point there's a deadline at which you have to quit being quote unquote foolish and you have to get a real job and that is a very sad topic to me and and Jesse and I are fighting that on a regular basis and uh, and so the idea of doing a podcast together that would encourage people that being the heart the soul and the entire mindset of it is to encourage people and to help people to give people information about how to tackle this crazy music industry I was on board immediately and so that's what we're going to be talking about today is the idea that there is no age limit on chasing your dreams. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but first, a little bit of a story. So, on February 4th, 1970, a man by the names of James Murphy was born in New Jersey. Uh, James Murphy is the kind of name that it's hard to imagine a baby being named James Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> I liked how that sentence sort of arrived. There was a man named James Murphy who lived in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but think about it. If you think about a baby and like, what's that baby's name? James Murphy. You're like, yeah, that's an adult's name. <laughs> <laughs> no, but James Murphy, he used to be a baby, right? Like all of us used to be, that's or crazy. some of us still are. Um, yes. And he, you know, he had a pretty basic American childhood uh, in New Jersey. Uh, but one thing he loved was music, and he joined his very first band at the age of 18 called. The Falling Man. Uh, and when that band eventually quit, right, he joined another band called Pony when he was 22. Uh, eventually that band also failed and stopped, and then he joined another musical project called Speed King, which ended when he was 27. So he has a kind of a common story of a lot of musicians of kind of like, yeah. you know, joining these bands, being in them for a while, quitting, you know, things not working out, moving. Um, I, you, you're like this Weston, uh, you know, I've been in three or four bands before yep. and now we have our projects that we're currently working on. Well, uh, James Murphy also during that time, he went to New York university. Uh, he was an English major, but he eventually dropped out. Just wasn't for him. Uh, at the age of 22, he was actually offered a job to work for a writer for the little known TV show at the time, Seinfeld. What a terrible situation. <laughs> yeah. He said he said that he thinks it's going to fail. So he decided that he was going to pursue music instead. Hindsight 2020, should have probably gone with the Seinfeld job. <laughs> well, the the pitch for Seinfeld basically was it was a show about nothing. That was yeah. that was the pitch. So it's like I I you know, with that bit of information, probably wasn't the <laughs> yeah. most ideal situation. But he didn't. He he didn't do that. He decided to, you know, keep going with his kind of dream of pursuing music and he was in these bands. Well, when he ended the Speed King at twenty seven, uh, he was kind of having some hard time with music and, you know, he, he started DJing he liked sound engineering. He was a sound engineer for quite a few bands. But this is what kind of his life was like at the end of his 20s. And this is the kind of time where you feel the most pressure from people around you. When you hear people start saying, you know, okay, all right, you've been messing around for your 20s. That's okay. You're young. Uh, but you're you're at the end of your 20s. You're reaching your 30s. It's, it's time to give up the ghost, right? You haven't made any money with this thing. You need to be a little bit more successful. You know, this is when parents come in and say, like, all right, time to get a real job. Time to be a yeah. real person. Um, <laughs> you know, this is really hard, especially whenever it comes to, like, uh, significant others, whether you have a husband or wife or someone like that. 
you know, they, they start saying, okay, we need to actually start working here. Right. Yeah. Um, I, w- I want to have a beautiful house like my friends are having and successful finances. <laughs> I don't want to live in this crappy apartment for the rest of my life. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm sure that he was feeling all of this pressure. And at the time he was also producing, he was producing a band. Uh, but in 2001, he was 31 years old. The band he was really trying to produce collapsed, fell apart, he was not successful, and then he found himself with nothing to do, right? All of his kind of projects weren't working out. It was really a failure. Like, really, 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 really a failure. Like, I, I dropped out of college to make music, but then I stopped making music. I mean, like, really, like, just, like, not even an epic failure, just sort of like a sad, pathetic failure, just like kind of... A real epic failure you could get behind. Like I tried this big thing and it failed and I lost everything. No, I just kind of like frittered my years away doing nothing and being in dead-end relationships and dead-end bands and stuff. I was 31 years old, got all this pressure. And so he decided that he wasn't going to listen to everyone else and he was going to found a new band called LCD Sound System. It was kind of a, a punk electronic pop group. Uh, and after working out some kinks in the band, he started getting some success, and they started touring a little bit. Uh, but he said it was crazy. His life was insane. Like, the touring, he was sick all of the time, like, singing. He didn't really want to be a singer. He was more of a sound engineer, but he just he made his band to kind of fill his time. Uh, he he was doing lots of drugs, not like cocaine-style drugs, but like, you know, he was doing like lots of antibiotics, and he was on all these kind of like cold medicine drugs, kind of to fight sickness-wise on tour. Um, you know, he said he was usually, you know, between the drinking and kind of like the, the traveling and the limited amount of sleep and the just singing your heart out and feeling dead tired at the end of shows while touring. Uh, his wife actually pointed out, said that you're a joke. <laughs> his wife told him he's a joke and that Yay. he was probably going to die really soon if he kept doing what he's doing. She even said to him, I'm not exactly sure why I married you, right? Ew. Rough, right? And, you know, she's, it's, it's easy to point the finger at her and say, like, you're a horrible person for saying that from our point of view. But, I mean, it's a guy who's, like, literally just ripping apart his life trying to pursue this dream when he could just, you know, he could be a banker or something and they would be a lot more comfortable at that time. But he still didn't listen to anybody. And at age 32, he wrote the first song of his to really see any success. It was called Losing My Edge. And it's about feeling too old to really get into music, ironically enough. And that song actually had some success. There was a little bit of a following, kind of created some hubbub for him. Uh, And then at age 35, LCD Sound System finally launched its first album. So he was 35 years old. Uh, and that was the one with some critical success, some critical acclaim. They weren't really famous, but they were famous enough in their circles and where they were at touring that they were actually being supported as musicians at that point, which is kind of the ultimate goal that we talk about. And it wasn't actually until James Murphy was 40 years old that he was established as a successful artist. James Murphy is not your typical frontman. If you ever see him... (laughs) Like, you see music videos or pictures of him. He's, like, he's a little bit chubby, right? He's got, like, a graying, salty pepper beard and hair. Um, He doesn't, you know, he doesn't look like your stereotypical, tattooed, suave, good-looking front man. 
He's no Adam Levine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not not an ugly guy. I'm not saying he's ugly, but I'm just saying like he's not the kind of guy that you would assume whenever you think of a rock band, a successful rock band. But what he is is he's really good proof that we have this idea that if you're not successful by age 25 that you'll never be successful, right? The age is incredibly important and you have a very narrow timeline to air quotes make it. And if you don't make it within that time, well, you need to quit wasting your life and find your accounting job and actually pay a mortgage because otherwise, you know, you're just a you're just a loser, you're just a failure, you're just that washed out artist that doesn't do anything. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that is scary. It's scary for musicians, and a lot of musicians quit because of this this pressure. And uh, you know, I mean, as we're getting older, Weston, we're kind of in the same boat. Uh, I'm I'm 30. Uh, you're in your late 20s, and you know, we've done several bands, and you know, I hear pressure from people saying, "You need to you need to stop it. <laughs> you yeah. need to stop chasing the dream." So today, we're going to be looking at the question of how much does age really matter. Is it really that important? If you are too old, does that mean it's difficult for you to be successful? Um, that's what we're going to be looking at. Yeah, and and the the example that we gave at the beginning, um, I think that there's going to be some people out there that listen to this podcast that are going to say, "Well, still, forties pretty young." You know, uh, I'm I'm in my late forties or I'm in my early fifties, and I'm still trying to make it. So, what about me? There's absolutely story after story that are out there of people that are getting famous in their 50s. Um, there's yeah. a famous guy, uh, his name is Mike Young. Uh, he was on America's Got Talent. Uh, and you see this a lot on some of these sort of popular t- TV shows um, of uh, the fact that there's these brilliant artists out there that are all ages. And so Mike Young is 57 years old, uh, or at least he was, uh, I think nine months ago when I first found him. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so maybe he's 58 now. But he's been singing on, uh, you guys might have seen the story, he was basically a subway singer. Uh, he was uh, down in New York in the subways, and he would sing. He sang in the New York subway system for 37 years. Hello. What's your name? Mike Young. And how old are you? I'm 50-something. Okay. What do you do for a living? I've been singing in the subway for roughly 37 years. 37? That's, that's a good thing. And basically lived off of that money the best wow. that he could. Um, the money that he got just from singing and people giving him tips and walking by and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, he was on America's Got Talent like uh, last year, I think. Um, and... From that, he started to get a lot bigger following, a more international following. He's had some videos that were viral, uh, which is probably how he got on the America's Got Talent show. Um, Just of people that were like, this guy is one of the best singers I've ever heard. Are you still down here in a subway you know and, and some yeah. people would take video and put it online and, and so it kind of caught on and caught on um 
And so even though uh, I don't think he won America's Got Talent, but I think um, the thing that he kind of found himself was after the show got over, he was still trying to figure out, like, well, I still am not getting signed. I still haven't got a career, really. I just was on the show, and, and now it's over. Um, but people are rallying behind him. People are, are building websites, and they're they're helping him get a GoFundMe platform to create an album because he's wanted to do an album forever. And so now at the age of 57, 58, his music career is taken off. So there's absolutely story after story that you can find out there if you look of people that weren't 25 and made it, you know. Now, is that sort of the cookie-cutter case that we see with, like, the Taylor Swifts and Katy Perrys of the world? Yes, but there is hope and there is proof, and this whole thing about this podcast is that Chasing Famous is about going after what's in your heart, regardless of age, regardless of situation. And so, yeah, let's delve into it, my friend. Is where you talk about the whole age fabrication. Yep. <laughs> I realized that as I turned it over to you. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Let's delve into it, my friend. Uh, this this uh, there's actually a a website uh, called Wikipedia. You ever heard of it? Yeah, yeah. It's, One of my favorites. Uh, it's little known, little known page. Uh, and there's actually a whole page on Wikipedia about age fabrication. Famous people, uh, politicians, actors, uh, you know, musicians who have changed their age to fit better into what, you know, they think that is sort of considered publicly, you know, okay, you know, to, to fit their age. And I will tell you this, Jesse, I don't know if you know this. I think you know this about me. Uh, but I have, I'm one of those people. I've lied about my age for a very long time. I don't even uh, know how old you are. Yeah, no one does. It's great. Uh, it was for sort of a different reason. I was, um, uh, I was a big nerd. I went to college at 14. You know that about yeah. me because mm-hmm. that's when mm-hmm. we met. Um, but I went to college at 14, and uh, having your mom drop you off at college is a uh, is an experience. It's an experience that makes you grow up real fast. And yeah. uh, so then you get good at lying, which is that's really helpful in the music industry. Uh, you start telling people like, "Oh, my car broke down, and I'm dating this older lady." It's anyway. So it's a. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, that, isn't that your mom? You're like, no, no, it's not. It's not. Uh, anyway, so, but yeah, so for the longest time, up until uh, still to this day, actually, uh, I don't really tell people how old I am because I feel like for a long time people don't take you seriously. You know, you say, hey, I'm 16 year old. Okay, well, yeah, you're a kid. You don't know anything about. But it's like, here I was, like, with an associate's degree, you know, heading towards my bachelor's, and I was like, I'm trying to be somebody and do these things. And it was like, um,. Yeah, but you're still you're just a kid, so it works on both sides. I think people adjust their their age to uh, to try and fit what is publicly okay in the in the mind's eye. But does age really matter? That's what we're looking at. Yeah. So I mean, there's a musician that came out uh, a few years ago, and he actually on his social media apologized to his fan base, and his apology was kind of based like this. He said, "Hey, uh, listen, guys." I need to apologize about something. I've been lying about my age for this entire time. I'm actually like five or six years older than I've ever said I was. And this is kind of the thing that we see, that people have this perception that age is really important. We we kind of change our age and alter it uh, based on what we think a public opinion wants us to be age-wise. Uh, yeah. And the question is, do we really need to? Like, does age really matter in music? Is it really that much of a factor? Uh, you know, it may be a factor in the music industry to where a big time 
record label or publisher or something like that says, yeah, you know, you're a little bit too old for this. But does that really matter when it comes to public opinion? Like, if you think about the music that we listen to in our life today, um, we actually think of people in a huge wide range of ages. You know, we listen to people in their 20s. We listen to people in their 30s. Uh, we listen to people in their 40s, their 50s, you know, uh, 60s. So there's tons of musicians out there that range of all ages. And whenever you're listening to music, you don't really care about the age of the person behind it. You care that it's good music. Yeah. Um, I think a great example of this is, you know, people have no idea for the most part, but Mariah Carey, she's she's 49 right now. Like, and she's still like in the front of everything. You know, we talked yeah. about her being at the New Year's Eve shows, right? And she's still a big deal in the music world, even though she's almost in her 50s. And whenever we see Mariah Carey, we don't think, oh, there's there's a, a lady that's in her, you know, past her prime. No, we think, wow, that's a world-class, amazing singer, and she's still, yeah. she still got it. Um, I think it's funny, if you go to Mariah Carey's Wikipedia page, and it says the year that she's born, it says, it says what does it say, like, 1959 or 1960, right? It lists two years. <laughs> uh, I, I, I forgot which years it was, but it just it lists two years for her age. It's like she's 48 or she's 49. <laughs> like nobody knows exactly the year that she was born. But I, I uh, think it's healthy to have a little bit of mystery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so do we really care about age? When we're listening to music, do we really care about age? And I think the answer is no. But despite the fact that I think the answer is no and that I think most people would agree um, that the answer is no. If you ask someone, you say, if you're listening to music, do you care about the age of the person who's singing behind it or do you care about the music? Most people say, well, I don't care how old they are as long as the music's good. Yeah. But we still have this perception that in life, if you are a certain age, you're too old to make it. Yeah, I think um, I think something that's interesting to think about, and this is going to kind of play off some of the, the earlier uh episodes that we've done as as the as the podcast is, has gone on but i think one of the interesting things to think about is when you when you think about um your favorite bands i don't know about you Jesse but i don't know what a lot of them look like uh, i don't know if you were to, if i if my favorite artist you know um bruno mars or something walked by i'd be like hey that's bruno mars but if like bruno mars's guitar player or you know or if some other one of the like a a big band that I listen to that I I don't know what they look like, and that's that's the thing that I think is interesting is that we we do it every day by not knowing who who we're listening to, yeah. because of the fact that that music has turned into such a social media or not social media but into like a digital uh, era, then a lot of times you know we're not going down to the the local venue to see a band you know where we find music online we we have a Spotify playlist that we find and we're like. Man, that's awesome. But once you hear this new band that you've never heard before, most people don't go Google what that person looks like. You know, you just download their album or you add it to your Spotify playlist or whatever. Uh, so I think that in a lot of ways, uh, it's really not not an issue. But you're right. There's sort of a perception that that we all fight against, that we have to be a certain age to be at, at successful at a certain age. We have to achieve this by a certain age. But I have a lot of uh, really dear and close friends of mine that are uh, that are pr- what would most people would consider past the prime of making it in the music industry, but uh, they have some of the best voices I've ever heard, and they still sing to this day because as a musician and part of 
this podcast is is the fact that what we've talked about is there's that it factor, right? That we've talked about, Jesse. Yeah. Um, that is just all about the idea that there's a tenacity that you can't get past, right? As a, as a as an artist that makes it, you can't give up. That there's just there's something inside you that yeah. Now your mind says, all right, I need to give up. Your 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 mind says, all right, I'm too old. I should have made it by now. Your mind says, I can never do this. It's too it's too tough. The industry's dead. There's no record labels anymore. Yada yada yada. All this stuff, but in your heart, that's who you are. You can't give up on music because if you give up on music, you're giving up on who you are as a person. That's who you are, you know. And uh, and so I think that basically this episode is going to be Jesse and I talking about some different people uh, that are disproving this, but also it's just sort of a re reminder to all of you out there that. It doesn't matter about your age. It doesn't matter about what you think is uh, doable or achievable or possible. It's about being true to who you are. And if you're a musician, then you're a musician. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. It's who you are. So why do you think we have this perception? Why do you think this is kind of the idea that uh, the 20s is the acceptable age to kind of chase your dreams, to mess around, uh, to not be a perceived productive member of society? Uh, and then after that, you better get a real job or else you're done. I, I think it's, um, that's a tough question, but I, th- I think it's honestly, it just goes back to, um, the situation of the way things have always been. You know, I think it's, it's generation after generation. Um, we need to cue in the song right here, get a haircut and get a real job, you know, yeah. song. <laughs> I can take my time if I want to. Took me 25 damn years to get up here, and I'm gonna enjoy every minute of it. My parents taught me what life was about, so I grew up the type they warned me about. They said my friends were just an unruly mob, and I should get a haircut and get a real job. Uh, that's sort of the ide- ideology that, um, you know, each previous generation was like way harder working than the the generation that follows it right i mean our parents um work like 50 60 hours a week and then they come home and they work at the house like worse than they do at their you know at their job they're just yeah, like yeah. very driven hard-working people because you know uh the generation before them is like well if you didn't work then you died you know it's like <laughs> it's like <laughs> and so so yeah so i think that it's just like it's sort of in our dna in a lot of ways that um you need to be successful and the way you get successful is by working hard at a job where you're digging posts and you're putting up fences and you're, you know, building big metal things. And uh, and I think so whenever you start to out, go outside the box of that ideology of you've got to A plus B equals C, which is retirement, and you've got to have A is, you know, a good job and B is spending your entire job, entire life at that job. And then C, you get to enjoy some of your life at the end. Um I think it's just, it's tough because, and I think it's jealousy too. That's the last thing I'll say. I think that um, anyone who's working a, a job that is like all the time and it's stressful and it's it's draining, anyone who's out there who's like, I'm actually living, you know, a different life. I'm I'm living, you know, I don't have the fancy house. I don't have the fancy car. I'm living in an apartment and I'm I'm playing music and going after what I love. People, I think, are a little bit jealous of that. And I think so that's where you get a little bit of the people saying, like, 
well, when are you gonna when are you gonna grow up and be like me? When are you gonna grow yeah. up and and do what I'm doing, which is have some smart. savings in yeah. your bank account? Yeah, <laughs> yes. I don't know. What what do you? Why do you think that that's still an issue? Why do you think age perception is an issue? Uh, my theory is in laws. That's that's. Okay. <laughs> I hope you just don't explain it. I hope you just say in laws <laughs> and then we move on. Tell me, tell me though, what are, what are you thinking about that? No, I think I think that you know, in your when you're in your younger twenties, like you, no one cares about what you do. Yeah. Um, and your parents, you're so used to telling off your parents for most of your life <laughs> <laughs> that you don't really care if your parents are like on your case. <laughs> but but a, but after w- twenty years of nagging and <laughs> getting into your thirties, it's like oh. well, no, no, no. But like in-laws, right, are like a kind of a new set of parents. But they're yes. the ones that actually say, like, okay, you're not only messing around with yourself, you're messing around with my child. <laughs> and so now you have to be a may- way more productive person, or otherwise we're going to glare at you every time we see you with disapproving <laughs> look. You know, your parents will love you no matter what. Your parents, if you're a mess up, they, they don't care. But your in-laws, Speak if... for yourself. well most people's parents but your in-laws on the other hand they are completely free by society to hate you with all their heart (laughs) (laughs) and so that that's that's my theory society great yeah (laughs) that's my theory is in-laws in-laws are the ones that make people quit chasing their dreams and become accountants um ultimately but let's talk about um let's let's kind of continue disproving this ideology. Let's look at some musicians that instead of saying in their twenties, you know what, I'm done, I'm going to keep on going, and they actually became successful, but they did so later on in life, probably at those times where they had a lot of pressure from their in laws, where they have already recorded five or six out different albums and people are saying, Hey man, you're six albums deep, you know, it's never gonna happen. Um, yeah, where probably a lot of these people said, you know, I'm going to stop. Okay, I, I'm getting too old. By the time I'm 40, I'm done. Right? That's I'm, I got to work on some other things. Uh, but these people didn't, and they actually made it. So uh, Wayne Cohen, he's the one of the guys of the Flaming Lips, the Oklahoma band Flaming Lips, the uh, founder and frontman. He started the Flaming Lips when he was 22 years old, um, but the band didn't have a hit until 10 years later. Yeah, I got when time. He was thirty-two years old. So there yeah, you go. That's that's not that old. That's not that old. But I do like the idea of starting a band ten years later. It's not that old, but think about ten years. You're w- with yeah. the same band for ten years, and people are just saying, "Yeah, it's never going to happen." Yeah, right. There's no that way. Means I got eight more years with the Hush. That's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cheryl Crow at thirty-two. Uh, she she was a school teacher, uh, jingle singer. Backup vocalist for uh, you know this is this story is a little bit shade like jaded yeah, yeah, in my yeah. mind. <laughs> she was a backup vocalist for Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder throughout That's her twenties. That's success so. in its own ways, but yeah. So, but she you know she released her debut album at thirty one. Thirty one is when she started and uh, and didn't get a massive hit until a, a year later with All I Want to Do. Yeah. Uh, so again, thirty two. We're working our way up. Don't get discouraged on us. Like thirty two is not old, you jerks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're working our way up. Uh, Bill Withers, uh, he was in the U.S. Navy for nine years, and then he worked in a factory, right? So he's pretty average American. Uh, most people think, oh, you've been in the military for several years. You, you know, you, you have no chance of being in a more successful like career later on. But no, uh, he released his debut album with the song Ain't No Sunshine, right? Super famous song at 32 years old. Dang. 
Uh, Debbie Harry, uh, founder, singer of the punk band Blondie, of course. Uh, as she was uh, 31 uh, and when the band released their debut album, uh, but they didn't really see uh, success until their third album uh, a couple years later. So she was uh, 33. We're working our way up. Yeah, uh, Rachel Platten. She's a you know she's a recently new famous artist. She released that song called Fight Song that was like in all of the political campaigns, and I think it's all over like American Idol and <laughs> America's Got Talent. Um, it's it became super popular like anthem song. Uh, but she was 34 when she finally broke that song and you know she's been working on music for years and years and years before that and especially as a woman I can only imagine as a woman whenever you're in your 30s you have even more pressure of saying you know you're in your mid-30s you're trying to become a hit singer uh you're not a 20 bopper you know that you're not as good looking as you used to be right you know and then I know women that are in their late 20s that start <laughs> saying, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, t- I'm too old, right? So <laughs> I can only imagine the pressure for a, a woman. And no, she just pushed on through. And then at 34, now she's a, a world-renowned famous artist. Yeah. Uh, Jesse gave me this one, uh, which is Two Chains. Hey, at 35 is when he found success. Um, and what he did is, is uh, after years of working under a different name that I'm not <laughs> going to repeat, uh, he changed his name to Two Chains. Uh, so if you find yourself getting older, just change your name. See if that does anything for you. Uh, he released a a, a well received mixtape, and then his debut album, which debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, uh, a month before his 36th birthday. So yeah, not th- have 35. Have you seen 36. Two Chains YouTube uh, show that he hosts? I have not seen anything that's got anything to do with him. I apologize. Two Chains has a YouTube uh, show which is call like expensive stuff that's not the name of it but basically he just goes around and he finds the most expensive versions of everything and just talks about it so like the most expensive water bottle that you can buy or the most expensive like ice cream like these thousand dollar ice cream cones <laughs> and he just goes and he talks about why it's so expensive it's kind of interesting hmm. uh john Andrasic. i'm Sorry, that's not how you pronounce his name. Uh, but he was Five for Fighting. Uh, everyone knows Five for Fighting. They didn't release their chart-topping album, America Town, with the hit Superman, also called It's Not Easy, until he was 35 years old. Yeah. Uh, Matt Nathanson. Um, Nathanson had been uh, a road warrior for years, released seven albums. Even one of them was with a, a major label before he got a top 40 hit with Come On, Get Higher uh, at 35. Uh, I actually kind of like that song. Yeah, that's a good song. But yeah. can you imagine seven albums, releasing seven albums, no success, no success, no success. You got to think, okay, at what album am I done, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess it's eight. You hope it's you hope it's before eight albums. Yeah, yeah. but no, after eight, made it. Um, Michael Fitzpatrick, um, the French Fitz, the Tantrums founder, singer, had been working as a recording engineer for years before he formed the group Fitzpatrick when he was 40 years old, and they released their debut album with the hit Money Grabber. So there you go. Hmm. I, I actually, he has been to a Weston Horn and the Hush show. Has he really? Yeah. Uh, they were playing um, a show at the Canes, and we were playing at Guthrie Green, which is a big outdoor venue. And yeah. he was out there with, I think, his like, wife and kids or something like that. Cool. And so I was like... That was before we had a horn section. Western Horn and the Hush started as just a four piece before we had horns. Yeah. And uh and so that was before then. 
I, I sort of was like, this is it. He's going to see the band. He's going <laughs> to be like, I'm going to quit my band, Weston, and I'm going to come join you, and we're going to be super famous together. That did not happen, though, no. if, you're, if you're wondering, if you're at home. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to mess this name up a little bit. Thule Kupferberg. Mm-hmm. Does that sound close to you? Yeah, no, I know idea. Kupferberg? Yeah. Uh, the Fugs singer sounded the group, uh, founded the group at 40, and they went on uh, to be one of the most prominent protest slash counterculture bands of the 60s. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so 40. Yeah. Still working uh, our way up. Pharrell Williams, everyone knows Pharrell Williams now. He's a, basically a household name when it comes to the music. Um, this one's also kind of a little bit jaded because he was a super successful producer. So he was like successful in the music industry before uh, he made it as a musical artist, I guess. But he was not a musical artist. He was just a producer, and his production company wrote some hit songs. But then he decided to step out and become his own artist, performing artist. And, uh, yeah, it was, wasn't until he was 40 years old that he decided to do that. And this is the guy who sang the song, Happy, right? Which yep. is, like, the big one of the biggest hits across all age groups, especially younger age groups. So if you think that a 40-year-old can't become a performing artist that reaches you know teenagers pharrell is there to prove you wrong yeah i mean it does help that he looks like he's 18 at 40 yeah he does look very good for his age (laughs) (laughs) um yeah the next one is andre bocelli bocelli uh 41 uh one of the best singers uh one of the best selling singers of all time uh bocelli was 34 when he released his debut album but it wasn't until his third that he actually got a little worldwide success with Sogno, S-O-G-N-O. I think that's how you say that. Sogno? I don't know. Yeah. Sogius, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Which went, uh, it cracked the top 10 in 10 countries. Yeah, that's crazy. 41. 41 is when that happened. Dang. Another one is Thelonious Monk. Um, so he's a jazz piano legend, and he, you know he's kind of also jaded. He's been in the music industry for a long time. He's played with a lot of really great, famous people, but he was never great and famous himself until he released a record with Columbia Records whenever he was 46 years old. Yeah. Uh, last one here, Leonard Cohen, who we've talked about on the show before, Um he basically had a stint as a fiction writer. He tried that, um, and he released his debut album at 33. 33 is when he released his first album. Uh, but it wasn't for 17 years until he released Hallelujah, which has been covered and released by over 200 artists in various languages since then. Yeah, that's so crazy. So 50, 50 years old is when he released Hallelujah. Um, yeah. And I think that that is, I I think it's it's one of the most famous songs of all times. Yeah, uh, for sure. It's it it crosses genres and and countries and and everything. So, so yeah. So Jesse, final thoughts on age. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think one thing that's really interesting, an interesting point on this, is whenever you completely remove age as a variable at all. Um, and what I mean by this is whenever you look at bands that you don't know, they don't reveal their identity, right? They're hidden. So, for example, like Kiss for a long time or, or Guar or Slipknot, these bands that basically just completely, they have no way of identifying who they are. You don't know their names, much less their age. Uh, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> like, you know, you have no idea yeah. who they are. You have no idea what they look like behind the mask. You have no idea how old they are. They could be, you know, 120 years old. 
and you wouldn't care as long as the music's still good. So I think it just kind of proves that the whole age thing is is an absolute myth. That I think what happens is that people do get tired. They do get fed up with um, kind of the people pushing them, the in-laws pushing them to stop trying to be successful. And they do think themselves, okay, you know, now I have kids. Now I mean, to be a more responsible adult. And then they start dropping out themselves. I don't think it really is public perception that drives the idea of making it by your early 20s. Um, and I think that anyone can make it at any age. If the music's good, the music's good, and people are going to love it. Yeah. My final thoughts is a couple things. One is I, I loved the idea and the concept of the show The Voice. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen the show The Voice before, there's four mainstream artists that sit with their back turned to the stage so they can't see who walks on. All they can hear is the voice, so they don't know if the person is five or 105. Yeah. They don't, you know. Uh, all they can hear is the voice, and from that, they base off their decision whether or not they're going to put them on the show to give them a chance at being famous. I love that idea. Now, as the show's been on a long time, we've found out that there's, you know, multiple, multiple steps, and it might not be the most true and organic process, but um, but I do believe that that part is still still genuine, you know, and I think that's what's beautiful about music and about art as in general is that um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're five or if you're 50. Uh, art is art, you know, and, and if it's good, then people are going to consume it, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I think the cool thing that we're seeing as well, because of the changes in the music industry that we've talked about, um, about, you know, people not being able to make money, um, sit, you know, sitting at home collecting royalties anymore. We're seeing all these musicians who had pretty much retired, who said, we're not going to tour anymore. We're not going to play anymore. We're just going to, you know, sit back and enjoy our retirement. Well, now all those royalties have dried up and they're having to go back on the road again. And so we're starting to see all these old artists come back, uh, that are in their fifties, that are in their sixties coming back and doing tours again. And, uh, and so we're seeing that it's, it's absolutely doable. Now there's, there's, you know, medical things as far as the elasticity of your vocal cords and things as you get older that we haven't really delved into. But the important thing to know is that just like with this podcast, if it's in your heart to do it, then it's in your heart to do it. And it shouldn't matter about the perception or the thoughts of other people. And I know that's tough to overcome. It's tough to not worry about what other people think about you. It's tough to not worry about what your family and your friends think of you. Your Um, in-laws. Your in-laws, as (laughs) Jesse keeps talking about, uh, which is absolutely true. Um, But here's the thing, is that at the end of the day and at the end of your life, you want to be able to say that you went after what you love and that uh, that you pursued it with all your heart and you didn't let someone else decide whether or not you pursued it. Um, and I think that will be something you never regret at the very end. So, uh, my thought is if you're, if you're, if you're 15 and you're starting to learn an instrument or if you've, if you're 65 and you're still playing in a band that hasn't made it, keep on going because, uh, because you never know what's going to happen. This may be your eighth album that finally you get that hit and you become the next Pharrell Williams or the next Leonard Cohen. And, uh, and I'm, I'm excited to see what comes out of that. That was beautiful, Weston. <laughs> Thank you. That was that was uh, that was straight from my heart. So that was it. That's our that's our final episode of season one, the end of the season. Uh, and we would just like to thank some great people who made this happen. Yeah, we'd like to first off thank all of our listeners uh, for this amazing season. 
when we started this, we had no idea if we would just have one listen or two, but we were sure it would be somewhere in that range. And we found <laughs> out that it's uh, three. It's been a lot more than that. Uh, <laughs> it's and it's we've got people all over the world, uh, literally all over the world, that have tuned in and listened, and uh, and we hope from the bottom of our hearts that it's helped those people out, uh, and that it's been good for you because it's been great for us to to be able to talk through and learn some of this stuff on our own. Uh, we'd also like to thank all the bands who have who have you know been on the on the show for their for their music donations and, and having their music at the beginning of end, end of our show specifically uh disaster chat and western horn and the hush those bands donated a lot of their music towards this <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and they are great i love them yeah um we'd also like to thank all of the people that were guests on the show we had quite a few people that were guests uh, and they just helped us with some expert opinions on some different things that you know we're not exactly the best experts at, and uh, they really helped enrich the show and make it a lot better. Which we'd like to thank all those guests. Also, uh, the next season we're going to be looking at getting some more guests or even more expert opinions. I'm right now talking to the president of Columbia Records. Um, that's a lie, not even close to the truth. <laughs> but that's like, what we're hoping what? for. <laughs> 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 if I had his contact, I'd probably be talking to him more about, hey, you want to sign <laughs> the cutter? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, but we're going to be back. This is not the end of this podcast. We're going to be back with a vengeance in the fall of this year, 2018, with season two, which will be super full of more useful and even some more useless information that you never wanted to know about. So meet back up with us then and we'll be excited to catch you all in the next season so thank you all so much for joining us here on chasing famous if you would like to learn more about weston and his music you can follow him on facebook and weston horn and the hush or you can go to his website westonhornthehush.com he's got a super busy summer lined up the spring yeah, and yeah. the summer you're going to be packed with shows uh it's so excited I, I i love seeing you guys live i want to hopefully try to be able to catch something of you guys this summer oh well, thanks man yeah we're uh, we're really excited there is a lot coming up in the in the season ahead so make sure you guys tune in uh while the podcast is getting new information and as jesse and i are getting more and more famous to be able to help you all get more and more famous uh it's going to be going on this summer so if you want to check out jesse and you want to you want to maybe find him in new york and uh and you want to mug him or something then uh <laughs> yeah that's normal that's normal uh you could <laughs> you can go to uh his facebook at the color yes music and i'll give out his social security number at the end of the show <laughs> if you want to learn more about our podcast and check out other episodes that we recorded for the first season, um, you can go to our website at ChasingFamousPodcast.com. If you want to have your music promoted on next season of Chasing Famous, go ahead and shoot us an email, ChasingFamous at ChasingFamousPodcast.com. Or if you want to find out more or you have any great ideas for any kind of episodes that you'd like to hear in the next season, please go ahead and shoot us an email. Yeah. We hope that this episode about age and not letting age decide whether or not you go after your dreams has been inspiring informative and as always my sweet sweet little sexy kittens and until next season we hope it has been pants off and dance off fun that's right thanks for listening to the podcast and until next time keep on chasing famous meow